0: Welcome to another episode of the Essential Craftsman Podcast. I'm Nate. Our discussion today is with Sam Holmes. Now, in 2019, in the spring, Sam sailed solo from California to Hawaii in a 23-foot boat, and he made a video of it and put it online, and he has since grown his channel and shared a lot more sailing content. And this is a conversation with him mostly about that trip to Hawaii, but also about sailing and this kind of adventure boat lifestyle, you'll you'll get the message right away that I don't know very much about sailing. And so the questions and lots of the things I'm asking him are very basic. But hey, for me, it's interesting. And I got to assume many of our listeners have not sailed much. And so I hope you enjoy it. I, I got to say for the record that I am just a huge fan of this guy. It is just inspiring to see someone Accomplish a goal of this magnitude, and I certainly have thought. You know, m- when I was younger, I thought I'm going to do that sometime. You know, I imagined I would be able to make something like that happen, and I don't think I ever will. Possibly, but um, it's not a small thing. And so, to see someone who sets a goal like that and reaches out and accomplishes it with, with just not—I don't want to say basic tools or equipment. But if you watch the video, you'll see that Sam did this with very affordable and I, I would say every man kind of gear and just a, a absolute positive and inspiring attitude for something that's pretty serious and kind of scary. He just kind of has a, you know, a confident smile on his face and it's it's really cool. So. You might pause this interview and watch that video and then come back to this. You might enjoy it a little bit more. We will link to it in the description, and I hope you check it out. And without any further ado, Sam Holmes of Sam Holmes Sailing. Thank you first of all, very much for taking the time to chat with us. And um, I've, I have given the audience a bit of the background, but I wouldn't mind hearing it right from the horse's mouth. Could you give everybody kind of an overview of how it is you came to be kind of a, a full-time sailor? I know you weren't born that way, but ha- what have the last few years been like that led you to uh,
1: what you're doing right now? Um, well, the, the big start of it was I sailed this little boat from Los Angeles to Hawaii. Uh, and to do that, I quit my job. And then once I got to Hawaii, I just kept going and I sailed. I spent four months sailing to all the islands. And I I really decided it was like what I wanted to keep doing. So I've kind of moved up to a bigger boat and I'm just kind of doing more of that. And I made a YouTube video, which is kind of I mean, I kind of wanted to just document it for myself. Um, but it kind of really took off. So it cut kind of, and it's kind of paying my expenses right now. So I've I've kind of continued doing the YouTube videos and Kind of growing the YouTube channel at the same time. It's been kind of interesting and meeting pe- people through those channels as well. So I'm doing the sailing videos right now.
0: So when you when you left and were filming that, you were just sort of filming it for your own kind of records and I don't know, like personal history. Sort of, you weren't you weren't thinking about yeah, like more like a big myself audience
1: and like my family and yeah, I didn't really think I figured I didn't really think there was really money in YouTube and I didn't have any desire for like YouTube fame or anything. Yeah. Um, I've, I've kind of since learned that even like a smaller channel, can, you know, get a little bit of pretty good income through yeah. it. Um, but, uh, I, before I left, uh, friend's wife had kind of tried to get me to do some like, a uh, audio diary for a podcast potentially, which oh. I, I still haven't gotten into, but that kind of primed me, I think for the, what I ended up doing to record the video over there. So I was doing kind of daily, just talking about what I saw and like how I felt and, um, I think that kind of maybe helped me to make the video a little better than it otherwise would have been. I feel like I'm, I'm I've gotten a lot better since that one video, but there was kind of like a rawness that I think maybe people appealed to.
0: Yeah, it's like the it's like the true YouTube where it's truly just a person, you know, with their phone, just kind of sharing mm-hmm. what they're doing. And there's a lot there. There's that stuff. There's there's less of that out there. It seems like these days, and so, um, like you said, you you maybe weren't programmed to be a talking to a camera is that kind of something you've had to learn and practice and if so how's that gone because you don't seem like the type who's just like hungry to be you know talking all the time you know about yourself and yet now you're making these videos you kind of have to right
1: yeah I guess I kind of find like a little bit of a formula that works for me I mean it's really simple I'm just you know pointing the camera at things and seeing saying what I see. And to me it's it's it's, it's kind of hard to do because it's not interesting because it's the same thing I see every day when I go on a sail. Uh-huh. Um but I think a lot of the the, the feedback I've gotten is kind of is encouraged me to show more of the the details which I think other people have found interesting. Yeah. Uh just like, you know, the day-to-day what what sailing is like across an ocean or um you know, anchoring in different places. Um, so yeah, so I'm just kind of, you know, saying what I'm doing and what I'm seeing, where I am, and trying to show some of the scenery and stuff like that.
0: So, you let's, I want to talk about your Hawaii uh, trip because I don't know how you think about it now, but for most of us, that's like a, a huge kind of crazy feat that, you know, very few people would even think about doing seriously. And maybe at one time you felt that way about it. Do you, how do you feel about it now? Does it seem like a big deal to do that in a little boat or now that you've sailed a lot more? Is it kind of like, eh, it was, wasn't that big a deal? Or how, how do you feel about that trip now, looking back at it? May, maybe compare that to what it felt like when you were preparing for it.
1: I think it's like my biggest accomplishment I've done. I still feel like looking back at it um, and leading up to it too. I wasn't sure if I was even going to make it. Um, I did. I mean, I know people have done it in much smaller boats, and you know, but when, when you say way, make much it. Bigger. You,
0: do you mean like make it across the ocean or like actually start I might, I the trip? I thought I might have to
1: turn around. I thought I might, the boat might just get crushed by the way. I didn't know what, it, <laughs> what I was getting myself into completely. I had a, a pretty, I was reasonably confident. I I, I thought I could make it, yeah. but I wasn't sure. And that, I mean, that's part of why it was uh, an adventure in the first place, right? If you know you're going to, it's <sighs> something you can just do. It's like, it's not that, yeah. it's not worth quitting your job for and like, you know, making this big deal about it. So it it was it was this kind of thing that you know you go out on day sales or you know weekend sales maybe even like a week long trip and you just kind of like think about what if you just kept going like to yeah. I wanted to I wanted to keep sailing and end up on a tropical island like sailing up the you know up the up the west coast or down to Mexico just didn't really inspire me as much as crossing like a part of an ocean and ending up in a tropical you know place like Hawaii um, yeah and so that's that's what I decided to settle on and it's a pretty established route. You know, you go to a certain time of year and you can avoid hurricanes. Um, so I, I, I had a pretty reasonable, like, you know, that for a trip that long, you can't get a, a, you know, weather forecast that will tell you what right. the wind is going to be like, but you do know historically what the trade winds are going to do. And you shouldn't be going into, um, uh, you know, an area really primed to have like build hurricanes or low pressure systems that w- would give you a lot of trouble. So I, I, I didn't know exactly what kind of weather I was facing, but I've had I I pretty good odds. I mean, they, that, that's a, people do that. There's like races that go ac- that way. And uh-huh. getting back is the hard part. And I only sailed there. And I ended up sail- selling the boat. I thought maybe when I got there, i maybe either sell the boat or try to sail up you know, around Alaska and then back down or just keep on going. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I decided that boat was just a little too small uh, to keep going, which I wanted to do. So I decided to sell it and find a bigger boat.
0: Wow. What, what was it like with your family and even yourself setting out on an adventure like that? Like you said, you thought there was, and there probably was a, a possibility of disaster. <laughs> were, were you talking yourself out of it at any point? Or were you pretty much like, maybe it takes a certain level of mental commitment to, to take it seriously? Or what was that like pushing off? You know, your, your video starts just kind of like bang. And, <laughs> uh, obviously you put some prep before that moment, but what, what was that like?
1: Yeah, there was, you know, I had bought the boat about six months before that, and I'd, I had had kind of in the back of the mind, maybe I wanted to do a trip like this. Uh, the boat, when I bought it, it seemed like it was pretty pretty solidly built, even so it's, a, it's such a small boat that it wasn't necessarily built for ocean passages. I, it, just looking at it, I was like, this, this is a boat that I could do this kind of trip in possibly, potentially. Um, but still, it was really not non-committal until the actual moment of like I think I think maybe when I quit my job, if I turned my two weeks notice, maybe that was a couple weeks before. Uh, hmm. About that was a month before the trip, so I quit my job. You know, I gave my two weeks notice, and then I think two weeks after that, or something, I set sail. Um, but before then, it was just like I was kind of like getting the boat ready, put solar panels on it. Um, I per- I purchased a self-steering gear, and I did a lot of you know like shorter trips around the, the islands around Southern California, uh, kind of leading up to it. And I, I felt pretty good. I did a lot of, like I did, I was sailing, you know, every week beforehand for months. Um, so I felt really comfortable in that boat and even yeah. taking it out in some big swell. Cause like once you get a certain distance from shore, you get in the kind, same kind of, you know, ocean, like you can't get back in a quickly, you know, so you kind of right. have to be able to just kind of tough it out. Right, uh, ride ride it out until you can get back. So that's kind, of, I mean, that's kind of what when you're further off in the ocean, right? You just have to be able to just ride ride it out, whatever you, you get into. And of course, I didn't really. I'm not sailing in the Southern Ocean or anything. I'm not getting into huge, you know, thirty foot waves. Um, huh. But it's the same kind of thing where you just have once you have there's a certain mu- distance you get out, and you're just like, well, I guess I just have to deal with it. You know, no one's <laughs> going to come out and help with me within a you know reasonable yeah. short period of time. So. That's, well, that's kind of what you had to What's for.
0: the what's the difference you said the southern ocean has big waves the south pacific are waves bigger down there or is it because of the season it's like L- winter like, down uh, there
1: Cape Horn like where all the, the ocean racers go they go oh. they, um, i mean there it's basically like hurricane strength winds as often as it isn't around just going around the the globe got down there um, got it. and that's that's where the, the real big stuff happens the trade got wind it. route would be more like you know going through the panama canal and Hawaii. And it's still, you can still eventually get it. You'll eventually run into some, some bigger stuff, but, uh, not like down there.
0: Wow. That's really amazing. So can you give a brief, I I don't know anything about sailing, but maybe just a brief explanation of how your boat steers itself. Number one, (laughs) number two, I assume your boat is still sailing at nighttime and you're sleeping. And those kind of things are just hard for me to visualize being by yourself and your boat moving through the water. There could be, I don't know, another boat or, who knows what in the water and I guess you just kind of have a level of trust that you, you won't find it or h- how do all those things work? Uh, do you have to rec- recalibrate your course every morning just cause it's not perfect steering or can you explain some of that to a guy who knows nothing?
1: Yeah. So I get, I, I guess asked that a lot. Do I anchor at night? What do I do You know, when I'm sleeping? And so of course in the ocean it's, it's too deep to anchor. Um, and it just, it wouldn't be, you'd be, you're, wasting time where you could be sailing too right so i sail through the night if there's wind uh the main my favorite way to to have the boat self-steer is called a wind vane self-steering system and so that it's basically completely mechanical it doesn't use any electricity and it so the winds are pretty consistent offshore maybe changing you know 10 degrees and i'm and so the 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 way that it works is that you set it to the angle of the wind knowing that the wind's going to be consistent and the boat will steer on that same angle of the wind right so if the wind uh, did shift you know 15 degrees your boat course is going to shift 15 degrees but yeah. in the grand scheme of things that's not too bad i'd rather I just have the boat you know yeah. change direction a little bit well, and i'm just stay sleeping as long as you're out in the ocean of right. course if you're in a bay or something that could mean you're going to run into land or you know some area you don't you really don't want to go but yeah. uh that's 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 and that's a really great way because it doesn't use any electricity it's very resilient. Like the stronger the wind, the stronger the steering forces are. It just uses wow. like the speed of the boat moving through the water to steer it. And then in addition to that, when the winds get lighter or if I am steering, um, you know, closer to land, and, and I did like in the Chesapeake, I I used the uh, electronic autopilot a lot, mm-hmm. um, and that just steers to a magnetic compass course. It's a little, it's like a little robotic arm kind of you just put on the tiller, and uh, so that uses a little bit more uses battery power, mm-hmm. um, but that's, that's a I kind of alternate between those depending on the conditions. If one of them is out of commission, I could use the other one. And uh, as far as like watching out for other boats, uh, there's like uh, you, the common thing for solo sailors is to you every 10 or 20, 10, between 10 and 20 minutes usually, kind of depending on how far you are away from things, uh, you just wake up, pop your head around. And if you see any lights then you have to kind of stay awake until you can wow. be sure that you're going to clear them. Uh, and you, you can calculate how, how far you can travel in the amount of time you're going to be asleep or how far uh, a boat you could see a boat from the horizon that could potentially run into you. Uh, now I, on my new boat I have, it's called an AIS system. So all the big boats are transmitting a, a signal or they should be uh, sh- with their position. And I can, so I can receive that position and uh, set an alarm that will tell me if I'm going to be on a collision course with one of those boats. I didn't have that at the time. Um, and that won't protect you against every boat, you know, smaller boats aren't going to have that, but it does help.
0: Wow. That's really neat. Um, in terms of like arriving in Hawaii, for example, you know, if I was driving, you know, I, I could I know I could just drive into a city and find a place to park and all that, but I've really noticed and just kind of thought about, you know, when you sail into big Island or wherever you've never been in those harbors before or know exactly where to park. And now you're on the East coast doing that in all kinds of different places. And I always, Kind of scratching my head. And are you? Is there? Can you describe like the protocols of where you can safely park your boat and and kind of get out and how that works? Is there like a? Does every harbor have like a number you call to have someone kind of tell you where to go, or is it a little bit like a free for all? Or how does that work among like boaters? I'm sure it's very common, but I, I've never never thought about it.
1: It it varies a lot from where you are, like state to state, or even you know harbor to harbor, like. I think the general rule is you can anchor anywhere as long as you're not in a marked channel, like, um, or it's prohibited, but there's some places like Hawaii where like all the harbors are like your prohibited anchor unless they have that, unless you can do it for up to, I think there it's like three days or something. And then you have to get a permit and then the permit only can last for so long um so so when i got to hawaii i remembered i was i had to check in with the harbor master, um and i got a permit for a few months to stay at a big island before i kept sailing on but a lot of places like it's, you can just anchor and uh no one will, will bother you um like I, I, some places there they'll come out and harass you and say you need a permit or something uh-huh. um, but I've, i i kind of like to um, just anchor and then ask for forgiveness later. Yeah, usually, because usually they'll come out and let you know, because I mean, a lot of the, the regulations aren't really well posted. Sometimes they're kind of hard to figure out. But yeah, sometimes they have a phone number or a radio frequency you can call. You kind of just kind of figure it out as you go.
0: Wow. Yeah. And especially if it's nighttime and it's dark or it's really late, you know, what are you going to do? Who are you going to call? I'm sure you kind of got to just take care of yourself a little bit, huh?
1: Yeah. The, the prudent thing to do is to kind of Heave to offshore and wait until the daylight to come in. But usually, Mm -hmm. I'm so tired. I just I just really want to be there. And I've I've kind of gotten pretty comfortable and like kind of judging if the anchorage is going to be you know Mm -hmm. approachable at night, and then uh, just kind of try to find a uh, open spot to anchor. Um, Um,
0: What are the What are the people like that you've met? You know, you've you I assume run into a lot of other sailors and full time boating types. And is there like a common thread among these? Types of people who are just traveling and experiencing this kind of adventure on a regular basis, or is it a real mixed bag, or what have you found in terms of the the people you are meeting?
1: yeah, it's kind of mixed I mean there's a few young people um it, I mean it's a lot of like older retired people I guess especially like on the inner uh coastal waterways or the east coast, uh, but even yet yeah, on the ocean stuff, there's not probably not quite as many younger people doing it it seems like huh. um but yeah. Then there's some people that just, there's some people that have nothing at all, you know, that just have a boat and you know, their, their budget is zero. They'll just like work as they go. And, um, it's pretty cool. Like you can do it. I can just people on huge, with huge budgets, huge boats, and they still oh. think they don't have enough to do the certain passage. <laughs> and there's people with nothing that have found a way to make their boat, you know, to their, uh, you know, satisfaction of sa- standard of safety that it gets good enough. And sometimes it's better than these bigger boats. You know, it's like, you, oh. if you, it's what your priorities are, right? If you really just want to do a a certain passage and do this certain type of cruising, um, a lot of the things that people think are necessary, you could just really say are are luxuries and you can just prioritize more uh, like what is really, you know, essential to get you across the ocean safely. And Uh some of these, you know, luxury boats and boat makers, they don't prioritize the more like essential stuff because most people don't sail them across oceans, right? They're just doing shorter things. and They kind of skimp on that kind of stuff. So that's oh. kind of like a, a break and uh, that kind of thing.
0: Is Have you had any type of like sailing mentor or somebody who you've really admired or maybe you just met recently doing it the way you're kind of describing? You know, that, that you always meet people like, let's say, uh, like an athlete, someone who's, you don't expect like a common man who's just like so good at something. and You're like, wow, maybe it, have you met people like that who are sort of really good at sailing or maneuvering or managing the oceans who are in maybe in rigs that are a little bit less uh I don't know fancy.
1: Oh yeah. I've I've definitely come across a few people like that. They're pretty inspiring and just like trying to pick their brain for um knowledge. And this it makes me feel like, oh my I like a lot like I've got like a huge budget compared to them. And I, I do think <laughs> I'm doing it on pretty low budget, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's like, oh man, I, I, the, the things that, that other people have done, you know. Like what like what just, kind of
0: things? Like do you mean like accomplishments, like they've made it from this point to this point and that speaks for itself? Or maybe like yeah, the well, actual way their boat guy, is set up. I'm
1: trying to remember his name. I can't it's escaping me, but he say he sailed a, a small boat around the world, you know. And wow. uh oh, just like kind of seeing the way he lived and the the experiences it had. They seemed like so much more richer than someone who had, you know, done it on a you know a big you know, 50, 60 foot, you know, yeah. And he did it very, very cheaply.
0: Oh, wow. That's really cool. It's like kind of inspiring to see that happen. huh? Well, I think that's probably what most people, how they feel when they look at certainly your Hawaii video, but even all of them, because it's, it's definitely, um, it just looks more relatable than yeah. Million dollar, huge, expensive boats that, that
1: right the, the common person you know, just ca- can't relate someone, to someone, someone, you know, you know, middle class or even, you know, really don't want to go all in and doesn't have a lot of money, and couldn't buy a boat like this. Yeah. And, you know, seeing myself doing it, I think. And it's a, it's a boat that you can learn on too. It's not like something you have to have grown up sailing and or gone through some type of, you know, cl- special classes or yeah like that. I mean I kind of I, I learned how to sail small dinghies um as a kid and I didn't really sail much after that. And then I I just bought a boat pretty maybe it was a twenty two foot boat, so a foot shorter than the boat I sailed to Hawaii yeah and I kind of taught myself the rest from there um and it's a kind of, it's a size boat you know you can kind of manhandle around the dock and stuff, so it's not like you really have to have everything dialed in if you're you know really you know doing it the right way and being careful and you you can you kind of teach yourself um it's great if you can get some mentorship or advice, but generally like if you're trying to learn people are willing to you know help you out too.
0: Can you, is there any story or anecdote or something, maybe a mistake you made that you could share that you're kind of like, I don't know, looking back at it, you could see was a result of something you kind of had to learn and I don't know, maybe a close call or anything like that? Or, or have you been able to, you know, be a little more, uh, I don't know, smart or safe or cautious in your approach? Or is it, is it inevitable? Do, do close calls just like happen every once in a while if you're, if you're doing it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've definitely made a lot of mistakes, and <laughs> I can think about this one point, like, it was in Hawaii, uh, there's a video on it, it was when I was in Molokai, and I just get in this situation, and I drop my anchor, and uh, I get it, like, caught up in this boulder field, and I decided to go scuba dive down to, to save the anchor, because I didn't have a, a backup, and, uh, oh, man, like, looking back, and it was really, just really sketchy to, to be doing oh. that, like, scuba diving solo at all. But in that, oh. like the sea state, I was doing it and it was probably maybe not as oh. good, but it was, it was quite an adventure though. I did, I did end up saving the anchor and got the boat off. So I don't know if I oh. really regret it, but, uh, <laughs> now, now I carry three anchors. So like, if I okay. do have to
0: lose one, it's not the, the end of the world. Yeah. Well, and you may think twice if you were to try
1: that again sometime, you might I'm, think yeah, I'm much more cautious it. about where I drop my anchor too, cause I don't want to lose it. Uh, my, 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 big primary anchor, at least yeah. a lot of. Um
0: what's it like being on a boat for a lot and you know over the last several months but really all summer with covid you know there's just so much it feels like news and society is like there's so much going on and i got to feel like when you are out to sea you kind of become disconnected from that and then tied back in it has part of this have do you feel like you kind of unhooked from a lot of that type of commotion or or is it just kind of no different you're just you know commuting in a boat rather than a you know a a car to work or something or it it feels like i I would imagine like i might feel disconnected from the rest of the society is that how it is or not so bad
1: yeah totally i i think i really avoided the whole COVID, well a big portion of the COVID thing because i wasn't working you know i was just prepping my boat at the beginning of it and so i mean that was affecting me a little bit you know just having to wear a mask and um but then yeah once i started sailing uh I, I, guess I was going to go down to the Caribbean originally, so I had to change that plan. Oh. Um, but then going up the East coast, it wasn't really a big deal. Like I, I went through the, I, I took the boat through the keys and I'm pretty much able just to anchor and stay away from people and beaches and, and islands and stuff down there. And then going up the, the, the East coast, I, I wasn't pulling into marinas really that cause that's not really my style is trying to anchor out more, um, so I didn't really have a problem checking into places and then just going ashore really for just supplies and groceries when I needed to. So it didn't really affect that trip. And when I got to Canada, I really did want to sail into Canada, um, but they weren't letting me in there. So that was another kind of a little bit of a bummer. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think it affected me like it did as much as it did other people. I didn't have, I think people like felt isolated at, at home. And that's just, I mean, that's the kind of thing that you, you maybe deal with if you're a solo sailor, like anyway, right? Just feeling like mm-hmm. you're, you've been on your boat for so long, you just really need to get out. But then I, I'm in a new place and so then I don't really have it as long. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, I didn't, I have not didn't have that kind of depression that I think a lot of people have had. What? What,
0: you, when Canada didn't didn't let you in, like how do the mechanics of that work? Do you, do you kind of radio across the border? I, I didn't even try.
1: I, I, I could have gone in if I said I was trying to like transit to like, certain canal or something i probably could have gone in but um it wasn't really supposed to they they have edit on their their websites you weren't allowed to to go in Um, but i had a pretty good trip getting up to maine so i wasn't disappointed there was some pretty cool like places with these really extreme tides and some arches and stuff i would have liked to see it would have been pretty neat but maybe another time
0: wow yeah that's really neat um how did you get a skill set for all of the different types of repairs and maintenance that exist on a boat because I know your boat has a I don't know if it's a diesel engine but an engine so there's mechanical Mm -hmm. work and wood and fiberglass and aluminum and it just seems kind of like a serious amount of skills that are required to maintain a boat so how, how have you how did you learn all that and um can you talk about that a little bit
1: Oh, uh, I guess just by failing really badly on previous boats, uh, it kind of looks like I know what I'm doing now, but I still don't. Um, huh. Like, like on my, you know, the first boat that I owned, it, it, like these boats are not so expensive. I think I paid seven hundred and fifty dollars for my twenty-two foot boat I started out in. And Is that
0: that's the one you took to Hawaii?
1: No, it was the one that I kind of learned in, and then oh, the next okay. boat I took to Hawaii. And so I, I just, I just did so many things, like projects on it, because. I wasn't going to pay someone like a boat yard is going to cost you, you know, everything is going to cost you over a thousand dollars for a small little project at a boat yard. So I figured I just get, I could, I just try, I'm not afraid to try things. um, Even if they they mess up. And then now now I'm at the point where I'm really not afraid to try things because I know I can, I can fix it. You know, if I do mess up Uh Um, and I'm a little, honestly, I'm a little overwhelmed now because I've got the boat in the front yard out here and I need to do a lot like one thing is not too bad like if it's just I can okay I can watch some videos and learn it but now I've got like like lots and lots of projects that I've, I've never done before yeah. uh, so I, I, the nice thing about posting the videos is people if they know if they, they know what they're doing or if they don't they will let you know <laughs> like so you get a <laughs> yeah. lot of, you, got, you get a lot of good advice but you get a lot of really bad advice too yeah um but you, you know you do get advice so you don't get stuck you know you have you say okay well could I try that or maybe I should think twice before, you know for doing that so I get I get a little bit more help than I used to because I do the videos yeah um but you know it's if you just kind of I just try things you you mess up less and less as you go like I, I'm almost every project I did in my first boat was like a failure and now and then it was like maybe like half the projects I did failed and half of them didn't I kind of just enjoy kind of messing around with it like i think you saw my hawaii video yeah. um the solar panel arch the way i built yeah. it at first just yeah. because the boat was it's constantly rocking i i bent the tubing at too tight of a radius uh-huh. i just had this little shop i used and they had a certain size die to bend tubing and All i right. used that um but i think they usually use a much bigger radius and it put a, it had like a tiny little kink in it and then just the constant little of flexing of the hole and the the boat it just it put that stress on that the tubing and then it snapped and my one oh, yeah. day my solar panels just all fell down and luckily oh. it was a calm day and i was just bored out of my mind and i was like okay project to do. <laughs> get out the saw and i you know fixed it up and it, it turned out to be better than it started even oh. just with the tools i had on my boat yeah um, but that's the kind of thing you know it's like just give it a try and I mean, I guess it could have been a lot worse, but, it, um, usually you can, you can sort out a solution and then you have the the skills next time to, to do it a little better. So this, this time I, hopefully my solar arch will be a little bit more, a little more yeah. sturdy.
0: Oh, that's really, that's really, it's kind of like the boat anchor thing where once you just kind of go through things one or two times, you just have like a level of familiarity with it that you can mm-hmm. apply to the next you know whatever if you're do, doing aluminum for some other reason you're gonna you already probably know a lot more than you did when you built that first uh arch. Yeah, maybe it was steel maybe, maybe uh, types what? Of aluminum or an yeah alien
1: and wall thickness it's like oh can i put a bend in this metal yes on on along the same line i tried to build a it's called a dodger it's a little like a metal frame that holds a, a canvas and goes over the front of the boat okay. and i just bought aluminum online um or i had yeah and uh I brought it to the shop and I, was, I tried to bend it on the. Then it snapped. And I tried to bend it again and it snapped. I was like, "Oh, there's certain different, you know, grades of aluminum and thicknesses that can be bent better wow. than others, and ways of heating it and stuff." So, yeah, learning wow. about that. Um, yeah.
0: Can you tell? Can you tell us about your kind of goals for the future in terms of where you're heading? Um, the sailing to Hawaii seems like a lifetime achievement sailing project. So, an accomplishment. So, where do you go from here? Do you have a, another list of? Uh, big trips that you are kind of putting out on your calendar or what's in the future for you?
1: Um, yeah. So I didn't want to sail over the winter. So I, I pulled my boat out and I'm in North Carolina now. And I just I was like kind of browsing through Craigslist and I found this workshop. I wasn't really planning on buying a property, um, but it was pretty cheap. I was like, oh, it'd be great to have like a place where I could put my boat and a home base. So I'm using it as a storage unit and a workshop and I'm just fixing my boat up. And then around... Maybe probably late May, early June. Uh, I'm planning to cross the Atlantic on my Cape Dory 28, the boat I just sailed up and down the East Coast. Um, and from there, I don't know, I'll just kind of play it by ear. So uh, probably kind of cruise around Europe and stuff and then maybe sail it back. I'd love to do a circumnavigation, maybe in this boat, maybe in another one, don't really know. Just kind of playing oh. it trip by trip. I, I, but the Atlantic, the Atlantic crossing is my next big goal. I, I just want to be at sea for a few weeks at it, you know, at one big stretch. I think that'd be fun.
0: Well, you've been, you've done it before. So is there, when you, when people do a circumnavigation, is there like one general direction that everybody travels that's the most favorable with winds and such? In other words, are you going the wrong direction to just continue if you get to Europe and decide to keep going to do, you know, around the world or how, how does that work?
1: Yeah, so if you go the trade winds, you usually go east to west. So going across the Atlantic, I'd be going kind of the opposite way. So I'd, I'd yeah. probably end up kind of going through Northern Europe and then maybe working my way down to the Mediterranean, uh, maybe into Africa a little bit, and then I'd probably cross back over to maybe like the Caribbean. And then if I wanted to continue circuit navigation, I'd probably go up the through the Panama Canal. Yeah. And then since I've already done Hawaii, I'd probably go down to the South Pacific and kind of continue to go around the. the, oh. the it's called the trade wind routes. So. You could yeah. be more, you are probably be going more downwind than upwind. And yeah. it's also, and then that, 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 that's kind of opposite to the Southern Ocean approach where you'd be going the other way, west to east. And that right. would be a much stronger wind. Like if you're going to try to do a record attempt or something, usually you, you kind of circle uh, kind of around I Antarctica. See.
0: Oh man. Well, I hope you do it. And that just sounds, adventure is the word because all of these places you just rattled off, you know, obviously Europe and the Mediterranean, but then going down, uh, down to the Panama Canal in the South Pacific, it just, it really is like the call of adventure. So while you're on the boat for weeks at a time, are you reading or are you kind of working on, I don't know, what, what, what takes the times when you're bored or, or what, what mm. do you fill like the gaps with? I'm, I'm, I know you're not bored. Like there's nothing to do because you're sailing the whole time, but do you get to read much? If so, what do you read or what, what are you kind of, uh, doing on those weeks at a time at sea?
1: Um, yeah, I yeah read books. I got a Kindle, so I can put a lot of books on there. There you and go. That was one of the things when I sailed to Hawaii. I didn't. I kind of was more fo- still focused on getting the boat ready to go. I just kind of downloaded a bunch of books as I was le- like as I was still sailing out and still had cell signal. Um, and I did. I kind of <laughs> ran out. I, I didn't realize how much how how much you can really get through a book when you just have that that amount of time. Um, yeah, down. I'll download videos, uh, lots of music. I also had whatever I had on my Spotify downloaded list. Uh-huh. It was like. I ran through those songs and got so tired of them because it was just the same ones over and over. Of course, you don't have cell signal when you're that far out. I did have a lot of podcasts kind of backlogged, so that's a good thing to do. But then again, yeah, so preparing, everything takes a lot longer out there, like preparing a, a meal. Um, just because you're, every, every little movement you do, you kind of have to brace yourself on uh-huh. a small boat. Um, yeah. So just moving from one side of the boat to the other takes a long time. Like fishing, for example, I get a lot of flack for not fishing enough. Yeah, um, but the a lot of times on a on a shorter passage, it's just like you, you're you're always a little have a like kind of a malaise of like maybe not quite always seasickness, but huh. uh, it's kind of like a drowsiness, and it's kind of hard to motivate me to do more than the bare minimum to keep the boat sailing. Yeah, um, it's, it's you know maybe maybe after five or six days, you get to a point where like okay, you could start reading more books and being a little more productive, working on boat projects. Yeah. Um, and I did fish a little bit, but I don't know. I think I, I haven't caught a lot in the past and that doesn't motivate me to keep trying in the future. So it's like a catch 22. I don't catch stuff cause mm-hmm. I don't fish and I don't fish cause I don't catch stuff, but I'll, yeah. I'll try to do more. I just, I have some fishing gear, um, trolling when you're sailing, you're kind of going at a constant speed. So you're, it's actually a pretty good speed for trolling. Um, but you're not like necessarily seeking out maybe a spot where like, you, you know, when you're dropping a line, you kind of find a good spot where you can, you know, consecutively catch up fish. So it's not always exciting. But I do see these other videos and people just, you know, pull up fish every passage. So maybe I need to, I need to be working harder on that.
0: Yeah. It, I bet you, it sounds easy. Why aren't you fishing? But it's, it's not easy between setting it up and rigging and maintaining the bait. And then if you catch something, now you're like
1: mm-hmm. cooking and cleaning. I don't cleaning want to catch and... something so big. I also right. Because there's some big fish out there. I've yes. I've seen them, like jumping. Uh, yeah. so like, I mean, don't wanna, I have my line kind of set, so I shouldn't, it'll break before I catch something huge. But yeah, really, yeah, that can take a time. I can't just, I can heave the boat too, kind of slow it down a little bit. But you, yeah, trying to, it's, as long as you got your hands full, just keeping your boat right. steering itself and the sails, you know, winds over a certain speed. You kind of don't want to be crawling around the cockpit unnecessarily. Right. Um, if you had so two there's only people, like certain conditions I want to fish in.
0: Yeah, if you had someone with you, I could see where fishing would be like a really great thing because you can kind of pass yeah. it back and forth and you, you that would make probably a lot more sense who knows maybe maybe you'll crack the code and and start but, posting videos with fish
1: plus like scaling a fish or i mean even fl- flaying it like if you get a bigger one it's like that's messy and you got a yeah. knife and it takes like, it like i've i've you know done it before on my boat and it's just like the entire cockpit's <laughs> full of blood because I, again i don't really know yeah. what i'm doing that much but it's it's a it's a big hassle i i would catch the flying fish yeah um and i just scale them and have them for breakfast um, yeah. scale them and have them for breakfast those are pretty good um but uh yeah it's kind of a a project they're they're delicious though i would love to i love eating you know and yeah. fresh
0: dish. do you find that you're just like hungry like when i'm home i don't know i'm mm-hmm. just like eating constantly it's like habit you know it's probably yeah is. anyways when you're on a boat obviously your food is pretty planned out and setting and up setting germ- the right
1: right in front of you too it's yeah it's like it's are like, like like a confined big... space with all your food i would yeah. go through all the good stuff right away so i'm gonna make that my, my new goal so on my Hawaii passage, I ate all my candy in the first, like, week or something. <laughs> oh, like, every man. time I would, like, do something, like, have to go out in the cold and, like, change the say, I was like, okay, <laughs> I deserve a treat because yeah. I like candy. Um, so I'm going to, like, pace myself more and, like, have, like, Ziploc bags and be like, this is for, you know, yeah. you know day number five, you know, day That's number 10. Yeah. So I, I need some way to ration it because I – or maybe just hide it. Because that was the other thing. Like, stuff would, like, fall in the cracks. And then, yeah. like that was that was saved you know <laughs> and like when I got really hungry like towards the end of the passage i'd like, like rooting hunt through everything for it. I found this this thing I had to run of anything sweet and i found this package of like dried mango or something oh my gosh I was so
0: Happy. Yeah,
1: I think I was only living on like canned soup and pasta. At that point.
0: <laughs> well, the, what you need to do is just bring like six times as much candy as on the next trip, so there's more in general, or whatever the food is—beef yeah. jerky and be all sunflower seeds—and
1: to go through <laughs> 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 huge amounts of candy, though.
0: Yeah, well, that's just too cool. Well, Sam, this is really fun. I I owned a sailboat a long time ago that I had on the lake for a few years, and mm-hmm. it was just barely enough to kind of understand how satisfying it must be to accomplish a goal like what you did in sailing to Hawaii by yourself in a small boat and everything you've done since it's really inspiring and i got to just i don't know cheer you on i don't know if this is do you plan on doing this for years and decades or are you kind of just going to see what happens or um, maybe you can we can end this by what what are your what are your long-term goals? You have a, you, you quit your job so I guess you don't have mm-hmm. that holding you back, but what, where do you see like the, the future for you?
1: I, I don't really know. I mean, I did go back at one point to my job for like a contract, and that, that worked pretty well because I was able to work for a little bit in sale for, a little, for sale right afterwards.
0: Mm. Um,
1: but the, the YouTube thing, the top end is really you know yeah, really wide open. you know you see these YouTube channels making a million dollars a year um, <laughs> and like anything in between, right so yeah, I, you could be making. I could. It'd be fun to see if I could grow it bigger, or, or I mean, if it doesn't, that's fine too. It's kind of just fun to. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not making the doing the sailing to make the YouTube videos. I'm sailing because yeah. I want to. So yeah, um, but the, I, I get a lot of support, you know, through it now too. So I, I, I does it doesn't really take a lot of time for me to yeah. Take that's out my great. Camera, since it's just on my phone, so no, you yeah. Know, I don't know if I'll keep doing it or not. We'll see
0: yeah it's almost like fishing I was gonna say fishing adds like another aspect to sailing, but so does filming videos and between now filming videos as you sail, that definitely fills in any extra cracks and and time of your of your trip, even just planning out the content I'm sure
1: mm-hmm. it gives me a fun way to look at things too like something I wouldn't necessarily have yeah. looked twice at now it's like, oh, how can I film this? you know this group of dolphins, you know, which I mean I see so many dolphins doesn't mean anything <laughs> to me but it's like, it's kind of a new, Oh, yes. try to get some footage of that. And I, I always thought, Oh, I don't want to be looking at, you know, the world through my camera, but, yeah. uh, uh, it's, it, it kind of adds something at a certain point when it just kind of becomes the same.
0: Yeah. Well, I love YouTube. I love seeing things that you would never have a chance to see otherwise, you know, and there's lots of examples of this. It could be like like what we do, like work and equipment and whatever, but also sailing and people who are mountaineering or rock climbing, you get a kind of, see things that you just otherwise wouldn't see so it's i think it's really valuable and cool and i hope you keep on uh i don't know we'll i guess we'll see what happens but keep at it and uh i can't thank you enough for coming on i will link to our to your channel and instagram for our audience but is there anywhere besides your youtube channel or instagram that we should uh direct people if they're if they want to see some of these things we're talking about
1: nope just uh sam home sailing on youtube or instagram
0: that's it all right sam well thanks again have a good winter and best of luck on your atlantic crossing and that's in the summer is that right may you said
1: yeah around then
0: all right well be safe and we'll we'll catch up with you at some point after that's behind you
1: you bet take care